Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I am your host, Christian Ashelman, and this is the podcast where we chat a little about our psycho-human brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So today we are on episode 29, so thank you so much to those who have been out there tagging along with the podcast as we've been going. I, I really, really appreciate all of you for taking the time to listen. It means a lot to me. If you are interested in more of the work that I do, um, I head over to cashleman.com. That's where I post to my blog, and I have a page there that describes different editing, tutoring, mentoring services that I offer as well. And then tied with that, I also have a Patreon that gives you access to the Bedletter Community Discord server, um, a special channel in that server, and uh, the monthly newsletter that we have, and more. So again, you can find all of that over at my website, cashleman.com, or over at Patreon. So today's topic is... Uh, it's about an article that I found, and it's not like the most scientifically like backed article filled with you know all of these you know just tons of research and stuff. It's kind of there's some opinion, there's some conjecture, there's just there's some there is some science. There's a lot of science stuff in it too, but it's kind of just a uh, a a very thought provoking piece that I found and I read uh, I read most of it I didn't want to read all of it I kind of sometimes I like reacting to uh, pieces of the article you know while I'm recording and so I read most of it uh, got a feel for what I what it was about and and we'll see how it goes here so the title of the article is we have many more than five senses here's how to make the most of them it was written by Emma Young and she it was and it was posted on the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And I think I've found articles on here before, uh, similar to this one where it's kind of just perception. It's kind of just um, uh, toying with an idea or or toying with an idea in a realistic way that is implementing things that are real and re- some real research and things like that. So, um, Emma Young, she's the author of the article. She has a degree in psychology and 20 years experience working on lots of different books, uh, lots of psychological journalism and, uh, you know, 20 plus years working in that field. So, um, right now she's employed by the British Psychological Society as a staff writer. Again, title is We Have Many More Than Five Senses. Here's how to make the most of them. We're all familiar with the phrase, healthy body, healthy mind, but this doesn't just refer to physical fitness and muscle strength. For a healthy mind, we need healthy senses too. Fortunately, there is now a wealth of evidence that we can train our many senses to improve not only how we use our bodies, but how we think and behave, as well as how we feel. Trapped as we are in our own perceptual bubbles, it can be hard to appreciate not only the other people's sense, th- not only the other people sense things differently, but that so can we if we only put in a little effort. Uh, so that's kind of how the article opens up. I think it's kind of interesting to think of being able to. Uh, a lot of times when you think about empathy and think about interpersonality and those types of things, somebody's ability to uh, step into somebody else's shoes, you kind of think of it as a predetermined uh, attribute. I don't know. Uh, Sometimes that, at least that's how, just, at, just, you know, off the top of your head when you're thinking about it, maybe on a surface level, that's what, it, what, what you'd think of it as is empathy's somewhat of a predetermined attribute. There's people who are super empathetic and there's people who are not super empathetic. And 
they are you're kind of either born that way or not and the reality is, is that's that's not true obviously that's something that you know some people are predisposed to be much more empathetic um at birth and so on than uh, others but that's not to say that it can't be trained it can't be garnered and and gained as you move throughout your life so it's kind of interesting to think of that um but she goes on if we're going to make the most of using and improving our senses to enhance our well-being, we have to consider more than sight, hearing, taste, touch, and smell. Aristotle's desperately outdated five-sense model may still be popular, but it vastly underestimates our extraordinary human capacity for sensing. So I like this point because uh, obviously nowadays, and, and we're always told and we have this cemented in our brains, you know, you have five senses. You have five senses. Uh, you can see things, you can hear things, you can taste things, you can touch things, and you can smell things, right? Um, I feel like touch is more like feel rather than touch because touch feels like, touch seems like something that you're doing, not like a sensation that you're feeling. I don't know, maybe. Um, it's kind of just an interesting little tidbit. But she's basically putting forward, Emma Young is putting forward that there's a lot more senses that we have than that. And when you kind of start to, think about it and you think about your emotions and and how you're able to sense other people's emotions and other people's states of mind and how you're able to sense um danger prior to it happening sometimes and able to sense lots of lots of things like energy type things and stuff uh there's a lot of of uh interesting um conjecture here and and subject matter that can be delved into here and i think it's i think it's pretty interesting so the first thing she goes into is proprioception so proprioception is the sensing of a lo- of the location of our body body parts in space sorry i just butchered that proprioception is the sensing of the location of our body parts in space has been relatively ignored in research, but it's critical for confidence in using our bodies. If you now shut your eyes and extend a leg, it's it's thanks to this sense that you know exactly where your leg is. To go for a run, then, or to work out at the gym and not fall or injure yourself, you need a good sense of proprioception. Our sedentary lifestyles are a threat to this sense, and COVID-19 lockdowns certainly did not help. She has that kind of in parentheses there. Uh, but climbing trees, walking along balance beams, navigating obstacles, crossing stepping stones, which you can stimulate at home using small mats placed on the floor, are all proprioceptively demanding, and so and so train this sense. According to research led by a team at the University of North Florida, these kinds of exercises not only improve physical coordination, but also working memory. That is fascinating. I was having a discussion just the other day with my uh, cousin, and we were talking about how, uh, what are things you can do to improve your memory? And obviously the first one I thought of was, well, getting good sleep is, is a good thing. Eating a good diet is probably helpful. Um, but it's fascinating that just focusing on these on this type of sense can also help your working memory. I think this is the type of thing that you see professional athletes excel at so much. They have fantastic senses of where their body is existing in space, right? A football player has to know exactly where and how to position his hands at the exact, you know, um, the exact correct angle that the football is flying at in order to receive the ball, right? And so it's something that they train a lot. A ballerina, a balance beam, a gymnast, um, all of these, all of these professional, like Olympic athletes, they have probably just unreal proprioception abilities. 
And it's very, that's very interesting. That can help your memory as well. And I wonder if that can, it says working memory, but I, I'm sure that that plays into muscle memory as well, right? So, um, she goes on to talk about proprioception classes and how it, how it, how that can benefit you and how, um, well, basically in that they can benefit you and your working memory and things like that. And so the next sense that she moves into is the vestibular senses. Our vestibular system allows us to sense the direction of gravity, so which weighs up, as well as horizontal and vertical movement, as in a car or a lift. And in three dimensions, as on a roller coaster, research shows that a healthy vestibular system is important not only for balance, but for our sense of being grounded inside a physical body. In fact, people with vestibular problems are more likely to report out-of-body experiences. They're also more likely to get lost because of a healthy vestibular system is important. Because a healthy vestibular system is important for a good sense of direction. This one is super interesting. Um, in the past, I've gone on, I feel like I have a decent a decent sense of this um and I, the first thing that pops into my head for a sense of direction and maybe this isn't correct but is being able to kind of like your inner map um there's been a lot of times where i've been i've been on trips to las vegas and once you're inside of the hotels and the casinos there it gets incredibly confusing and well my most recent trip i did get lost many times in the one we were staying at uh, Planet Hollywood is kind of once you get in there, it's it's not too confusing, but at, in the beginning, it gets a little it's a little confusing trying to figure out where the the entrance to like trying to get to the right entrance, so you you're you're saving time from walking and everything. It's very interesting, but um, typically in the past, I've had a very good inner map when it comes to these kinds of things in and navigating. Oh, if we need to go back to where we were, I know exactly typically how to get there. Um, and able to follow that. So I wonder if that kind of plays into the vestibular sense, right? Our, our sense of kind of not only where we are in space just right now with our limbs, but our sense of like direction, northeast, southwest, uh, up, down, and, and how to navigate through that. And so, uh, she goes on for all, for all of us, the older we get, the duller our vestibular responses become. Oh no, maybe that's why my most recent trip was bad. <laughs> Now, specific vestibular rehab training exercises have been developed for people diagnosed with definite vestibular problems. And then she goes on to, oh, she explains that practicing Tai Chi, um, climbing trees. She does mention that. Maybe that's because you can hang upside down and hang from different angles when you're climbing trees. That would be interesting to see. Um, or to test, rather. So the next, next sense she goes into is light detection. She says, we know that our eyes are not just for seeing. When melanopsin expressing cells in the retina are exposed to light, they send signals to the master body clock in the brain's hypothalamus without causing us to see a thing. Certain variations in this gene for, for this protein have been linked to an increase of seasonal affective disorder, and stimulating these receptors in the morning with suitable levels of light helps to ward off low mood. To improve psychological well-being, you don't need to train these receptors to work better, but you do need them to you do need to help them work for you by getting outdoors in the morning and avoiding bright light in the evening. This one I feel like I should take to heart because I typically am a little grumpy in the morning. Not not by like not because of something has made me grumpy, but I don't know why I'm just more susceptible to being in a weird mood. To from like if I'm by myself, then I'm always fine. But it's like from outside things. I don't know. It's really weird, and so I almost feel like this would be a really good thing for me to remember. I mean, I have this nice. I mean, I guess granted, the window in my room is facing west, so I see sunsets, not sunrises, but. 
I have every every capability of, of walking out the front door and seeing that. Um, I have actually once heard that there's certain people who stare at the sun the 10 minutes before it sets and they actually can, you can gain a lot of inter like, uh, vitamins. And I, I here it talks about different proteins and different types of, uh, um, different kinds of nutrients for your, your body and for your brain coming just from, from light. And, and I'm assuming natural light too, right? Sunlight. So she does go into smell. I don't know why smell is really a huge piece. It actually has quite a few paragraphs. Um, I did briefly go over a bit of them. I don't want to read too much of this this bit just because obviously you know what your sense of smell is. And obviously, you know, for all of these things, in order to get better at them, the the way to improve this these senses is, of course, to to do use that sense right over and over and over again in on different things right so with the example she gives here for smell is um, well firstly she says smell is not hugely regarded or developed in many people in western cultures which i thought that was kind of interesting and i guess maybe there's not like a huge emphasis put on smell in our culture at least in western culture but i feel like there's not not a huge emphasis put on smell and maybe that's what she's alluding to but i thought that was kind of interesting i've never really thought about that um, I mean, people obviously like being able to smell very nice or things they enjoy and being able to smell, I feel like plays a huge role in our memory. Um, it helps jog memories, helps bring back old memories. Um, and I feel like people in Western culture like that element a lot. So I don't, I don't know. That's kind of an interesting piece. I, it's very interesting to think about that. The importance that your culture places on certain senses, right? So she goes on to describe uh, just different stuff about smell, how smelling different things frequently will help improve your sense of smell, uh, stuff like that. Very kind of stuff that's sort of a no-brainer, but also sort of interesting to think about a little bit. Uh, the next thing she moves into is your sense of temperature, which kind of also, again, fits in with touch, right? Um, but she says we have receptors in our skin that register temperatures within specific ranges. Simulation of our warmth receptors in particular has been linked to feeling less lonely and also warmer towards other people. So that's interesting. Actually, you actually using some type of real temperature, um, changer, i.e. making something warm for your, on your skin or on your body, like using a heating pad or something has been linked to feeling less lonely. I mean, that would make sense in this, in, in the way that, I don't know, like when I'm freezing cold in the mornings and I just can't get warm, it's not like a, a psychologically enjoyable experience. You know what I mean? Um, granted, I haven't thought of it in the terms of loneliness, but that is, that does kind of lend itself to that and makes sense. Um, she goes on, however, a 2019 study in social psychology suggested that results might have been mixed because researchers weren't taking into account the ambient temperature outside or inside the lab. Okay, I mean, that seems kind of dumb. <laughs> Why would you not take into effect the temperature inside the lab when you're doing a temperature-related experiment? Seems like you're, that's just trying to negate your results. Anyway. The last, the last thing uh, that she talks about, the last sense that she talks about is one of the most interesting ones, I think, and it's also one of the shortest ones that she talked about, which I was like, I was thinking, you know, there's probably a lot more you could say about this, but she says, inner sensing, introspection. 
About 10% of us are really good at sensing our own heartbeat without feeling for a pulse. 5 to 10% of us are terrible at it. And the rest fall in between somewhere. Research shows that people who are better at so-called cardiac introspection experience emotions more intensely, enjoy more nuanced emotions, and are better at recognizing other people's emotions, which is critical first step in empathy. In contrast, people who don't experience emotions in the typical way, condition called alexithemia, interesting, I've never heard of that, which is thought to affect up to 10% of people to some extent, suffer from impairments in inner sensing. Could training inner sensing help then improve our emotional well-being? And uh, she goes on to talk about different training techniques of being able to sense your own heartbeat. Um, she says, sit somewhere quiet, set a timer uh, for one minute, but don't start it yet. Uh, okay, and the next instruction says, now start the timer. <laughs> okay, uh, and then it says, I try to count your heartbeats. I don't know why it says, but don't start it yet. It's funny. Uh, do this again uh, over and over, but feel for your pulse this time and take an accurate measure. And then uh, sometimes if, if you can't sense your heartbeat, she says one thing you can do is exercise first, get your heartbeat going because that helps you be able to sense your heartbeat easier. I think this is fascinating. I feel like I am somewhere in between on that percentage because I there's definitely times I can sense my heartbeat very well, very, very well. And it's really weird. And so um, I would definitely say this is something that's very fascinating. Uh, and, and the fact that being able to do that somehow might be connected to a, a, a person's predisposition towards being more empathetic or having a, the ability to be more introspective, that is fascinating. That is fascinating. And um, like I said, I don't think that one – thing necessarily always means another especially in things like this but it's 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 correlation right it's these correlations that are fascinating and and interesting to to know that you can i don't know training my senses is not really something that i have you always think about training your physical body for muscle memory and things like that training your senses is not something that i have really uh thought of a whole lot and i think that's I think that probably has a lot of value and a lot of use in our practical and everyday life. And if you think about it, it could really improve your life because if you're able to train your ear and train your your sense of smell and your introspection and your uh, – what are some of the other ones? You know, Your ability to feel temperature and your ability to implement that in your life like it was talking about being warm and and – and how it, you're more likely to feel less lonely when you're when you're when you're comfortable and warm. Um, being able to train your vestibular senses and all of these things, and your sense of smell, your sense of—I well, already said that—but your sense of touch and everything could lead to a more rich life, right? A more a more a life where you're actually pulling all of the meat and content out of it a lot more and remembering it and enjoying it for what it is. Instead of just experiencing things on whatever percentage level you are right now. It's very interesting to think about. Very interesting to toy with. So I think I'm going to wrap the episode up there. Um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed listening, be sure to follow Bed Letter on whatever platform you prefer. Remember that you can check out my blog and other projects that I'm working on over at cashleman.com. That is C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. And if you are inclined, I also have 
the uh, that Patreon I talked about where I have details on different services I offer with uh, editing, tutoring, and mentoring. Most of that stuff's in regards to English and writing, but there's other things on there as well, organization uh, methods and, and things like that. But uh, as I said, all this info can be found on my website, cashleman.com. Also, if you're wanting to provide feedback or spark discussion on something you heard in the show um, or have something you want to say or just want to talk, you can always head to my social medias or the best place to do that is to go to the Discord. So if you would like the Discord information, um, you can go to the social medias and request it. Um, I'll probably come up with a better way to get out the Discord information right now. It's only leaked to Patreon, but I think it'd be fun to just get anybody who's interested in the show into the Discord and then save the one Patreon channel in there for people who are just on Patreon. So we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out as we go. But thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I hope you guys have an awesome week. Be sure to share the podcast with those who are interested in this kind of stuff. And I will see you next time on Bed Letter. Bed Letter.